Chapter 24, Another Blow. Having just left the beer in church, I found it too much of a compromise of faith and religious practice to go to the Grace Baptist Church at Lyons Avenue. These held to the 1966 Grace Confession of Faith that held to duty faith and duty repentance and that the law of Moses was the rule of life for the believer. They had also adopted the use of the New International Version of the Bible and not the King James Bible. I also noted that the women had left off the practice of wearing head coverings in the worship of God. All of which I had spoken to the minister, Gary Benfold, about, and I found this just too much of a change and would have been too much of a compromise for me at that time. I found myself very much alone. I needed God's direction and help, and I was yet to be tried further. At this time, we visited KK and Grace Knight. KK was the husband of Grace Knight, at their home in Aylesbury with our children, Isaac and Esther. Both KK and Grace attended our meetings at the Beaton Church on a Sunday morning. On this occasion, KK, in his usual friendly way, talked to Isaac and Esther and suggested they go to his computer shed and let them play computer games with him. When we were about to leave, I went to the shed to collect the children and knocked the door as it was locked. After a short while, KK opened the door and I saw Esther giggling and laughing, pointing to the television. She said something I couldn't understand. KK then went through the channels on the TV set, taking care to point out a program of some apparent interest. Isaac was silent and said nothing. I knew something was wrong and spoke to them both in the car. When I asked Isaac what was wrong, he said he was too embarrassed to say. Isaac was five years old, and Esther said, Daddy, Daddy, they were doggies licking ladies' bottoms. I knew then why KK had sought to divert my attention to the fictitious TV programme. He had been showing the children a video or copying pornographic videos, allowing children to watch it. Who knows what else? I knew of KK's past and had heard of various things from his own lips, and this event was too much to suffer any more. I felt very angry, and quite prepared to go and sort KK out there and then. But, after seeking God in prayer, I felt it right to report the matter to the police. This kind of immoral activity was a crime and needed to be dealt with. The police took clear statements from my children independently, which clearly showed he had shown them a pornographic video. They visited KK and he denied it, trying to explain things away. The police were unable to prosecute as the law does not allow children's statement, as Esther was only three and Isaac five years old, on their own to get a prosecution. Strong corroboration was needed, i.e. other evidence was needed before a court could proceed to conviction. I was very angry and I felt I could not just let the matter rest. KK had grandchildren, and was dangerous, as was to be discovered later. I tried to see KK a few days later, at his daughter's in Wendover, and when he answered the door, he slammed the door in my face, and shouted through the letterbox, clear off Clark. My wife screamed with anger, for all the neighbours dear. Then KK's son-in-law came out and asked us not to bother them, as I didn't want to get involved with what had happened. I was shocked and angry. I wanted to ask KK's brother, 
who was a Christian, and KK's son, who was a Christian, and his daughter and daughter-in-law, asking them to sit in a private court and discuss what we ought to do about it. I just could not get anyone interested or to see the importance of solving the matter. One of KK's granddaughters later spoke to me on the telephone, telling me to stop bothering them, and they did not want to know about it. I was not happy at all, and was not prepared to let things lie. KK and his wife began to go to Lyons Avenue Baptist Church, and partake of the communion, and also the Southcourt Baptist Church. So I decided I would inform both pastors as what had happened giving them the evidence that I had explaining what had happened with a view for them to deal with the issue. The senior men of Lyons Avenue decided that because they were not in membership, they would remind them that they were a strict Baptist church and because they were not members, they could not be involved in judging this matter, but asked them not to partake of the communion. When seeking to sort this issue out, Dr. John Werner, whom I have spoken about earlier, tried to help and said to me that they sensed my anger and suggested that I was wrong, that it was evil, and evil was emanating from me. I, however, felt my anger and determination to sort out KK was right and proper. This caused such hurt and pain that I now felt so much alone in our fight, and my wife found it difficult to shop in Aylesbury as she, on a few occasions, bumped into KK. This caused all kinds of agony to her. I learned several years later from Mrs Knight that they had internal problems within the family associated with KK's activity, that it had led to family members going into depression and in the need of psychiatric help, all of which had been contributing to the cause of her depression and anxiety in life. She had suppressed it all. This was probably why they didn't want me bringing to the surface her father's practices. Now, we know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and, and some sins are greater than others. This incident with KK and his exposing my children to pornographic video was a serious matter and not to be passed by. The exploitation of children for sex and sex trafficking, child grooming and rape are unacceptable crimes that must not be tolerated. I was told by Dr. John Werner that my anger towards KK was evil itself and learning his opinion did not help the situation at all. I was justifiably angry and was prepared to do all I could to sort it out. On reflection, this was not a personal anger but an anger against a sinful practice and it would be right to be angry at anyone doing the same thing or similar things. Now this took place in 1984. Can we forgive such practice? Well, several years later, in the year 2005, I had occasion to speak to KK at his wife's funeral, and I asked him about his standing before God. He said he had been wrong and looked to God for forgiveness and acceptance. It was here that I said to myself, if my past sins had been forgiven by God, and they were many, then I could forgive another sins if they too had turned to God in repentance, just like the steward in the parable that Jesus spoke about. It was then that KK attended my brother Michael's funeral, or should I say, remembrance meeting, at the Beer in Church, for my brother 
who had died in prison in the Philippines. And it was there a friend of mine asked me why was I speaking to KK, as he felt angry at seeing him after what he had done, and he wanted to kill him. I know that God forgives sin, and if a man, a sinner, has turned to God in repentance and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, then peace can be made through the salvation that we have in Christ. Peace with God and peace between real enemies. Can we forgive other immoral practices? Now there are some people like Dr John Werner, just mentioned above, that get things wrong, just like many do today, who have a wrong sense of right and wrong. For instance, there are many, and now the British government, who advocate that same-sex marriage and LGBT activity are lawful, and we must treat such people with respect and not offend them. All immoral practices like adultery, fornication, sodomy, lying, cheating and stealing are all wrong. We are not to encourage or take pleasure in them, or in them that do such things, but rather approve them. Romans 1, 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, deceit, debate, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, those who get things wrong say we should love these people, love the LGBTers, love adulterers, love liars, love cheaters, love thieves, and never speak evil of their practice to their face in case they get offended. This is a contradiction for those who follow Christ. It is love which should move a Christian to warn against such sins. To give you another example of a case where I'm sure some would say, don't speak against such behaviour, I'll tell you a real case of immoral conduct that must be opposed and love has nothing to do with the issues to be mentioned. I was working in New Bolivar Prison on mission work, seeking to preach the gospel of Christ to prison inmates. My brother Michael was serving a 16-year sentence for promoting child prostitution. The prison was the National Penitentiary, the largest in Asia's Far East. At the time of our mission, 2001 to 2004, there were over 13,000 inmates in the maximum security compound and inside that was death row, housing 1,200 men, due to be executed by lethal injection. We were working with these prison inmates, seeking to preach the gospel to men. Our book, Trojan Warriors, contains 66 testimonies of some of, of Asia's notorious criminals that had been converted from crime to Christ. 22 of these men were on death row, some were killers, rapists, drug dealers, scallywag cops. You name it, such were some of them. Their testimonies are written in our book. These men are loved of God and as a result experience salvation. There was another man that I met in that prison, a very helpful man. He was not a Christian, a Japanese man called Dr. Heine serving 42 years for child abuse, and he claimed he was innocent. This was a record sentence and the first for a Japanese. During one of our prison visits, Dr. Heine gave a sealed envelope 
to our secretary, asking her to post it to the UK to a former inmate who'd been released and had served four years for an associated crime. The following letter was intercepted from Dr. Heine, I can't pronounce his long name, 5th of June, 2004, to the very reverend J.W.P. Hello, J.W.P. What make you busy these days? How are you anyway? Wish you are fine and well. I'm okay, at least still surviving and alive in this F damn place. I met a made friend here called a gay called Carlos, but true name is different, who is going to help my release here in exchange for business, which we have discussed several times before, child pornography and fake adoption, to send them to Europe for sexual matters. He will contact you through emails and snail mails and very near, in the very near future. You can trust him. We will provide us kids and adults whoever we need to make movies. He will be our partner in the Philippines and supply boys and girls to us making movies whatever kind we will make. Some ordinary to extremely sadistic. Dear Jay, when this Carlos contact you, please befriend him. He also needs your kind assistance to get more people in England. By your invitation for visa, I will introduce him to Carlos P. Tampinko, the proconsul at the British Embassy. He himself wants visa to England. So I'm counting on you for help to get visa. I think to get very young boys and girls, with young boys and girls, I send Thai or Cambodia to make movies and these kids will enjoy vacation there. Or first we'll send teenagers, both girls and boys, first to make movies and to check security and environments before sending young boys and girls to make movies. I mean young, that is between 13 and 16. Very young I mean 6 years to 12 years. Teenagers means between 16 and 19. What do you think of this age category? If you have any idea to categorise age groups, please let me know. I have a connection in Thailand, which we can get European passports and any other passports for kids and for ourselves. I'm thinking of using European passports for kids to travel to England as adopted children. We will make complete legal and genuine documents to prove their adoption in Thailand, who are truly expats for us. So, dear J JWP, just wait this Carlos, nickname, will contact you either by email or snail mail, but he promised already to send you copy of naked children's photos, both boys and girls, but not tied up or tortured scene, just plain nude only. I have email address stated above, but please do not mention anything about business because it is an internet cafe. You can put business in my cell phone email smart.com. Please take care, my best friend and business partner. Okay. See you soon. Right, now, this is my response. I did not feel loving, nor should I be, but did the only thing I could, and that was to report the matter to the police in Fareham, in England. For this other person he's writing to lived in the UK. I also then travelled to the Philippines and reported the matter to the Department of Justice. I had no feedback as to the outcome of this. So, I sent a letter endorsed by a former criminal and gangster in the UK, a Mr Dave Courtney, to the 12 gang leaders in the prison, asking them to deal with this matter if the authorities didn't do so. 
Now, what would these that talk about love do? I maintain it is love for the good of our children, wives, sisters and society that we act against such people. If and when any of them turn from sin to Christ and testify to a change of life, then we are able to forgive, not just cover up, hide it all away under the umbrella, we must love them all. 